This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Tuesday, October 31st. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Mexico stands firm on U.S. potato barrier for now. Estate tax repeal in Senate trouble. Shim steps down from NAWG leadership. Mexico's unusual barrier to U.S. potatoes, the country allows imports, but only up to 26 kilometers past the border, was discussed during the latest Arlington round of NAFTA negotiations, but a resolution may not be reached during the talks. Government negotiators and industry officials told AgriPulse the two sides agreed, at least for now, to allow the drama to play out in Mexican courts where Mexican farmers continue to fight increased access to their market. One source stressed that the U.S. is holding back for now, but may demand later in the negotiations that a resolution be reached. A Mexican district court judge ruled in August that there wasn't enough scientific evidence to support lifting the phytosanitary restriction on U.S. spuds, but the legal battles do continue. Mexican farmers have argued that fresh U.S. potatoes could carry disease and end up as seed potatoes instead of in factories that produce French fries and potato chips. U.S. industry officials dismiss those claims as baseless and point to a Mexican government risk analysis that concluded there is no risk. While there might not be a negotiated settlement to the dispute, NAFTA negotiators have been working to strengthen the sanitary and phytosanitary chapter in the three-country trade pact, and that's expected to bolster efforts to increase foreign market access for U.S. potatoes in Mexico and Canada. Estate tax repeal in Senate trouble. At least two Senate Republicans are expressing opposition to repealing the estate tax, suggesting a priority for some farm groups is in trouble even before the congressional Republicans release their tax bills. Senator Susan Collins, a Republican of Maine, told Bloomberg News yesterday she's opposed to the repealing of the tax. Senator Mike Rounds, a Republican of South Dakota, said earlier this month he is opposed to eliminating the estate tax. Unless the tax plan has some Democratic support, Republicans can afford to lose only two Republicans in order to pass the bill in the Senate. Rounds tells AgriPulse that he would prefer doubling or tripling the current estate tax exemption, about $11 million for a couple. Raising the exemption is something that a number of our members have talked about. I'm one of them, he said. Rounds is concerned about retaining full stepped-up basis for inherited assets. Some Republicans have been discussing capping stepped-up basis as a trade-off for repealing the estate tax. Records show Clovis encouraged Russian meeting. The name of Trump campaign advisor Sam Clovis, who is awaiting a confirmation hearing before the Senate Ag Committee, has come up in connection with the Russian investigation. According to the Washington Post, Clovis wrote an email urging foreign policy advisor George Papadopoulos to make a trip to Moscow to build ties with the Russian government. Clovis wrote, make the trip if it's feasible. The email was contained in court records released yesterday in connection with the Papadopoulos guilty plea. President Trump nominated Clovis this summer to be USDA's undersecretary for research, economics, and education, but he's yet to get a hearing. The campaign officials are not identified in court documents, but some of the emails cited by federal prosecutors match messages described in August to the Washington Post by people familiar with their contents. Shim steps down from National Association of Wheat Growers' leadership. 
Kansas wheat farmer David Shem has stepped down from his role as president of NOG, according to the group announcement yesterday. Gordon Stoner, a Montana farmer and former president of the group, will temporarily take over until a permanent replacement is chosen in an election next year. NOG CEO Chandler Gould said in a statement yesterday, Shem consistently worked to get the National Association of Wheat Growers' priorities and messaging out by participating in weekly interviews, testifying on behalf of the organization to Congress, and took every opportunity to talk to members and agency officials on the importance of reauthorizing the Farm Bill. EU apple woes could benefit U.S. farmers. European apple production this year will drop sharply due to both abnormally cold and hot weather, depending on the region in the EU. And that's expected to provide a boost to U.S. exports, according to a new report from the USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service. Apple production of the 28 European countries is now forecast to drop by 18% this year to just 9.2 million metric tons. That would be the lowest level in more than 10 years, and it means that U.S. exporters will likely be able to steal away some markets that normally depend on sales from countries like Poland, Italy, and France for their apples. European apple exports are expected to fall to just 1 million metric tons for the 17-18 market a year, a 33% decline from 1.5 million tons for 2016-17. That means that the U.S. may be able to swoop in and make some more sales to buyers in countries like the United Arab Emirates, Saudi Arabia, and India. Beekeepers get some help after Irma. The Pollinator Partnership is helping beekeepers in Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands get back on their feet following the devastation of Hurricane Irma. Partnership President and CEO Val Dosini said that the organization is delivering bee food and replacement hives to the island's beekeepers, most of whom have seen their operations completely destroyed. The partnership has set up a GoFundMe page with a goal of $50,000. As of late yesterday, about 7000 have been raised and the first shipments have been delivered. The partnership says the island's beekeepers are essential to local agriculture and specialty crops on the islands. On Puerto Rico, fewer than 150 beekeepers provide 7% of the honey consumed on the island, and these men and women maintain an estimated 4,000 domestic hives. On the Virgin Islands, about a dozen beekeepers manage about 800 hives. From pineapples to coffee to countless fruits and vegetables, honeybees and other pollinators are the key to the recovery of agriculture on the islands. Keep your guns. Just don't bring them to the USDA. A man was arrested yesterday at the entrance of USDA's Washington headquarters after security guards noticed something they don't normally see in the x-ray images as bags go through the scanner, a handgun. The man, sources said, claimed he had forgotten that the gun was in the bag and asked to be allowed to leave, but it was too late. It's illegal to try to bring a gun into a federal building, so security was forced to hold him until he could be taken away by the Federal Protective Service, a division of the Department of Homeland Security. The man's identity has not been released. USDA security and DHS officials couldn't be reached for immediate comment, but one source said the man had an appointment at the USDA's National Institute of Food and Agriculture before he was taken into custody. 
Well, that's Daybreak for this Tuesday, October 31st. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkins & Miller, America's most experienced law firm in agricultural and derivatives law, and by Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Nally.